Well, my name is Adrian, and I'm one of the pastors here at Carney E. Free Church. If we haven't met, I'd love to connect with you after the service. If you're a newcomer here today, uh, I want to let you know that this is a different kind of service in a number of ways. As Charles and Todd just noted, this is the conclusion of our rooted experience and our rooted study that we've been doing both here on Sunday mornings and then also as a church family really across our entire church over these past 11 weeks from our C20 ministries for college and young adult on Sunday evenings to our youth ministries. The bilingual service is doing rooted right now here in Sunday morning services, women's and men's. And I want to let you know that the 900 People have gone through the Rooted experience well with a small group of some kind, a life group of some kind. I just want to thank you for taking a dive in over these last 11 weeks. And today, we kind of wrap it up, but the goal here today is not just to wrap it up, but to say to ourselves, all right, here's the next steps that I need to take. Here's the next things that I need to stay committed to now that I've concluded this. So again, I'm Adrian, and... I'm Carrie, and director of the Women's In Care Ministries here at Carney E. Free. Good to be with you. Yeah, yeah. And so we'll be kind of co-teaching to today as we uh, wrap up our study in Rooted. And um, really, it's, it's a shorter message today because a big piece of the celebration though, this morning is the life change that we'll see through baptisms. And uh, first service, the baptisms well, were amazing. And we have another six baptisms here though, this service, and then three more uh, next week as well in the venues. There's been 15 people, a number of them who have really been impacted by Rooted, who have chosen to go, go through baptism at this time. So, so we're excited to that here in just a little bit. So as we come to the end of our Rooted experience here, it strikes me though that it's really easy to kind of just move on to the next thing and miss out on what God has taught us over these past weeks. And rather than doing that, well, what I want to ask you to do here today, or perhaps in these next few weeks, but before we completely get into Christmas mode, is this. Today or tomorrow, this week, would you be willing to take 30 minutes and take a moment to reflect on what you've learned and what God has begun to develop in you over these last 11 weeks? Take a moment with your journal or with a friend or with your spouse and just sit on for a moment what new roots have begun to develop in you through our rooted experience. And it might be through your personal devotions that you've been doing, or it could be through like the prayer experience that you did with your life group. It could be through the service experience that you did with Feed My Starving Children or some other service experience. It could be through learning how to tell your story for the very first time. Any of these different experiences that we've done over these last 11 weeks, it just strikes me that like the unreflected life is not worth living, right? It isn't. Please tell someone, okay? The unreflected life is not worth living, but the reflected life is so powerful for the change that God would desire to produce in us. And so here's the assignment. One last bit of homework, bud, before we move fully into Christmas season. You'll see these two short questions up on the screen here. How have I begun to change through the rooted experience? In these last 77 days, what has begun to change in my heart or my mind, and how can I give thanks to God for that? And then number two is this, what's my next step? 
Is there a spiritual rhythm, a spiritual practice of some kind that I have begun that I need to maintain? This would be the time for commitment to that. Because true change happens in us. It begins in us over the course of 40 days or 50 days or in this case 77 days. But really it's cemented in us after a much longer time than even that, Carrie. For me, over the past few months, well, one of the things, though, that I've been doing, and I've shared this well with our church once, but one of the things, though, that I've been doing is as soon as I wake up, before I do anything else, I set my feet on the floor as I sit in the bed, and I put my hand to my chest, and I feel my heart beating. And as I feel my heart beating, I stop and I say, thank you, God, for another day. I say, good morning, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you woke me yet again, and you're putting blood through my heart right now. You put air in my lungs. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. And so I pause for a moment here this morning just to thank you, God, for the gift of another day. And the Bible says, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And so it's been a really good practice for me over these past couple months to stop as I get out of bed, put my heart, my hand on my heart, and then to thank God and then begin the day in this rhythm of prayer and devotion to God as I go from there into four or five things that I can be thankful for at the beginning of the day. Sometimes I wake up grumpy. Anyone else? Okay, so to start the day with a word of gratitude and take a deep breath, say, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in, in it. That's just been a really important rhythm, though, that I've begun as part of my daily devotion here over these past uh, several months. How, how about you, Carrie? Where, where do you see God growing you right now? Yeah, well, I, about three decades ago, just understood the need for this relationship and felt just God calling me into that but didn't really know where to start. So I'll just start by saying, you know, that is... I. That's something, when I began building that relationship, I didn't really understand. I didn't have all the feels with it. Like, you know, I just dedicated time, and I sat, and I read scripture, and I prayed. And then, just praying, meaning, I just talked to God about the questions that were in my mind. Well, through the habit, 40 days, however long, I don't know how it, t- how it took, but it just became more like breathing. And so then he moves us into other things, right? Like, uh, like you said, just um, reflection, like being reflective people. Like I've become more reflective and taken more time because I really enjoy that time with God and it's not like a checkbox to have to just do something every day to say I did it, you know. I, it's something I want to do. It's the most important relationship I have. And so like getting to that point through the years and then now like through Rooted, some of the things that have sparked for me is... You know, I first I've over the last couple of years started listening to God more instead of just talking at him and listening to scripture and meditating and soaking in it as as Adrian referred to. Um also like Adrian, I like to have my coffee with Jesus in the morning, so that's the first thing I like to do. Um it's just an amazing time, but what rooted has started prompting in me is the idea of just vulnerability with God and others, mainly with others, um, confession, repentance, and the need of just cleaning accounts with him every day because I sin every day and just owning those things with people. And so anyway, that's, it's really got me 
thinking about that more than anything right now. That's where yeah, I'm at. That's so good, Carrie. I love that because the discipline of reflection leads us to, to this reality that we're all in process. Mm -hmm where we get to that place of repentance and confession and just working through things with God and working through things with others. And so take this homework assignment to heart. 30 minutes that, that you would spend. I think reflection might be the most important spiritual discipline in 2023. For busy folks today, amidst all the chaotic mess of our world, to stop and to reflect well with Christ is so powerful if we're going to take that next step in our spiritual growth. You know, the passage that we began with as we started the, the Rooted series was Acts chapter 2, and if you need a reminder, you can go back to, to that message, the very first message in our Rooted series, or even better, you can just go study Acts chapter 2 yourself later on today. And the key passage, well, within Acts chapter 2 that really set a vision for us for this series and in many ways sets a vision for, for the kind of church that, that we want to be is Acts 2, 42 through 47. So I'll read that. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So that's what the early church did. That's how they operated. It hasn't changed what God has for us. They weren't lukewarm about Christ Jesus, though. And they were passionate and as a result of a unified commitment in community like to loving God and loving all kinds of people, they were transformed, which is what we're after here at Kearney E. Free. So brothers and sisters, can we agree that it's a very, very good thing, our mission statement of building a transformational community by growing in love with Christ and all people? That's why we're here. And that's why you are all a part of that mission. You know, every church has to answer the question, how does that happen? You, you see that mission statement up on the screen, which is basically you love God and you love other people. It's the great commandment in essence. And how does that happen in a local assembly? How does Acts 2 that we just read, how does that happen in a local assembly? And for us in our church, the, the, the pathway that we've chosen, our discipleship pathway goes like this. We come together on Sunday mornings or on Sunday evenings at C20 with our college and young adult ministry or in the bilingual ministry with Pastor Pablo. And when we get together, we say that each and every Sunday, we're going to seek the truth of Christ. And each and every Sunday, well, we're going to embrace the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we need that as a springboard for the rest of our days throughout the week, don't we? We come here on Sunday morning to get that springboard, but then also throughout the week, I don't know about you, Carrie, but I need the gospel each and every day. Anyone else? like to be soaked in the gospel each and every day, that I am a beloved child of God, as we just sang about. And while I may have missed the mark here, even so, I am forgiven by God, and I get back on track well with him, and I follow him, and out of this joyous relationship well with God, out of the gospel, we grow. That's the first thing. 
The second environment that we encourage is that we would all be in a life group of some kind. And so many of us are in a life group right now because we understand community is the context for life change. It's so difficult to follow Christ in community. It's almost impossible to follow Christ by yourself in this culture. Anybody else? It's really, really hard. We need each other. And so we come together in a life group community of some kind with women or with men or with couples, and we say, let's go after all of what Jesus wants for us together. And then finally, as Acts 2 said, we serve each other. We identify what are the spiritual gifts that God has given to us, and we join the mission of serving inside our church or outside the church as we discover our gifts, and then we would bring others in through that service to bless people and say, God, you you have given me so many gifts not to stop with me, but I would join your mission in this world and that your word, your truth, your love would flow through me. It's just those three simple steps in our discipleship pathway that we really believe in that we think would grow us as we do each of them prayerfully And as we engage the spiritual practices that we've talked about over these last 11 weeks, that's really how we grow into a transformational community. And we would embrace that and we would invite others to likewise embrace that into a place where we say every person matters. Would you say that out loud with me? Every person matters. So this is our vision statement, every person matters, and we say it a lot because we really, really mean it. And we come to God through these different spiritual practices that we've talked about, not so we could get good at the spiritual practices, but so that we could get good at loving God, enjoying God. And then we want to invite others into it because the simple fact is the people that we're meeting each and every day in our workplaces and our neighborhoods, they're struggling with things. And so we invite folks into this place and we look around this room, we recognize across our various generations the different things that we struggle with today the different things that we struggled with in the past, the different areas that you failed that are different than the ways that I've failed, you matter. You matter to God and you matter to us, and we seek to live out of that as a community. So as we conclude Rooted, we'd like to invite you to make a few commitments with us. If you're willing to join us in our mission Would you please read slowly this word from the screen? We are building a transformational community by growing in love with Christ and all people. Thank you. Again, Rudy has taught us the power of practicing these seven rhythms for a vibrant personal relationship with God. And they include daily devotion in the word, prayer, Worship, repentance, serving the community, sacrificial generosity, and learning to share your story. And as we do that, and we also engage in that discipleship pathway that I just articulated, you've begun to establish some of these rhythms over these past 77 days. And if you'd like to commit yourself to maintaining them, Would you take a moment and just silently pray these words up on the screen to God? I'll say them first. And if you'd like to make a commitment to maintaining these rhythms for your discipleship, you pray them to God as well. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I commit to maintaining healthy rhythms 
for my spiritual growth. loving the Lord your God and my God with all of our hearts, soul, mind, and strength, and loving your neighbor as yourself. If you do, take a moment of silence and commit such love to God. Let's talk for just a moment about what this commitment means. It means that when you meet someone who has a spiritual need, you meet someone who's experiencing brokenness or pain or loss or isolation, instead of merely calling a pastor, instead of merely calling a minister, you'll remember that you are a minister of Christ Jesus. You'll remember that you are a minister of Carney E. Free Church. And so you can step in and help that person with their spiritual need. That's what we commit to. So the next time that you hear that someone is sick in the hospital or at home, Instead of calling the church, you can say, I will go visit, and I will pray for that person. You can rally their friends and their family and choose to help surround that person and care for them. You know, sooner or later, you're going to meet someone in the gym or in your neighborhood or at a local cafe at your workplace who doesn't know the hope of Christ, and they're curious about the hope that you seem to have. They find themselves curious about the peace that you seem to have. And there might be a temptation in that moment to call the church and be done with it. But when you make a commitment to Christ like we're making here today and like we've been through in the Rooted series, we don't merely call the church. We remember that we also are ministers of the gospel of Jesus and what a gift to look for an opportunity to share your story of hope with them. And when God brings somebody into your path who's struggling with addiction, you can choose to walk alongside them. You can connect them to the resources. We have resources in the church, outside of this church. Just lean in, know that the Holy Spirit is gonna help equip you to walk alongside people. As you do this, you are the perfect one to pray for them and to teach them to pray and renounce strongholds and affirm the truth until that stronghold is broken. You'll get to know a husband or a wife whose marriage is struggling and a root of bitterness is beginning to develop in their hearts. And instead of merely calling the church and being done with it, you'll walk with that couple. You'll walk with that family. You'll walk with that brother or sister 
you'll love and you'll pray with them because you also are ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I wonder, will you accept this calling, this great honor, this great privilege of the King of kings and the Lord of lords? This is our privilege. And we commit to this because we are the church. We are the church. Together, we're the church. So it's not paid ministers and unpaid attenders. We're in this game together, and we are moving from spectators in these seats to teammates that get out on the field. We talked just a little bit about this metaphor of on Mondays when we started Rooted at the beginning of the season, and it's like, think of your favorite football team, and you might get the jersey on, and you might have the snacks and invite the people, or maybe you go there in, in person to the stadium, and you're so excited, and you cheer for the team, and you love it, you're all about it, and then you go home, and you go on to your everyday life, and you're, you're not really on the team, but that was fun for a moment, you know, to do that, cheer them on. Well, this is what happens on Sunday if we don't take what we learn in the seats, what we get all excited about, what we say is true. If we don't take that out onto the field, Rooted is about putting learning practices and then starting to practice the practices, <laughs> like put them into place. So you're on the team, unlike the football team that you're watching, you're probably not on that team. So you are on the team. Jesus is the head of this team. He's the quarterback or whatever, you, whatever, whatever sport you do, I don't know. But Plus our team wins. Our team wins all the time, and thank you. That's a good extra note for sure. So, you know, that's what this is. And these 900 people, yeah. 200 on Monday for the first time, stepping out of these seats, getting in the team by getting in community with each other because you've got to be in community to be on the team. You've got to practice together. And so it is about the joy of collectively being ambassadors of Christ. That's what being the church means. So we are enjoying the love of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and then we overflow with that kind of love for everyone that we meet. Yeah, we're going after this joy of overflowing with the love of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and pursuing the shalom of God in all that we do. Remember, shalom is the peace of God, the goodness of God in all that we do, and restored relationships with ourselves, with each other, with God, and with our world. And we confess with two hands that we're not there right yet, right? I am far from being there, but we're moving in that direction. And so the way we want to end here is by looking at this passage real quickly, saying this together from Philippians chapter 3. And uh, this is a really, really helpful passage for me to think about. Well, when I consider the great vision that God has for his church out of Acts chapter 2, which we began with. That's the great vision, and we recognize we are far from that yet, but we're moving in that direction. And when you recognize you're far from that, but you say, this is where I'm going, and I'm a lot further though than I was, praise God, he's going to keep moving us in that direction. So let's read this together from Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14, and then we'll pray before we celebrate baptisms. Would you please join me? Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal 
to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Amen. Would you pray, Carrie? Yes, let's pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit, you are the creator, the king of kings. We acknowledge that together. You made us with a plan that we can know to function well, to function beautifully and flourish. Yet, we try to live by our own rules and we isolate ourselves from you and each other so easily and we wonder why we're broken and we're hurting and we're dysfunctional. (laughs) That's why we acknowledge that, Lord. We need you. Thank you for this gathering and that we have the freedom to have it here on Sundays. Thank you that you will meet with us anywhere, anytime, in our homes, seeking you first. You allow us to come to you and get the order of our day. We want to take the opportunity to know you, that you are keeping your arms open to us for all the time, since the beginning of time to the end of time. Help us not take that for granted, but to go to you, to know you, to be still with you, and build that relationship as our most important relationship. God, you give us each other, as imperfect and messy and beautiful as that is. You give us each other to do life with and to learn how to go from broken, dysfunctional family to functional family. And again, you have blueprints for that. Help us to believe you and to put that into practice and try and fail and try again and fail and just get up again and then look back and say, wow, look at the transformation. We're not perfect yet, as someone who was baptized earlier today said. We're not perfect yet, but we're moving towards it, and you're changing us. So, Lord, as we go out onto mission, into our mission, just when we get up from these seats, when we go out the doors, when we go into our weeks, help us to remember our mission field is our home, is our neighborhood, is our workplaces, the schools, the teams we're a part of, just everywhere we go and have the opportunity to look a person in the eye and say, you are loved, or just even without words, acknowledge them. Help us to go on that kind of mission with you, Father, to get involved in the things that this church family is a part of and to serve and to love, glorifying you in the way that we do that. We love you, Lord, and it's in Jesus' name we can pray. Amen. 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 Hey, would you give a a round of applause to Carrie, who's provided such great leadership for our Rooted experience as well as Charles, Pastor Charles and Pastor Todd. They've just been amazing, so thank you so much. Yeah.